I'm looking at a passage uh, from Luke chapter 15, and uh, you probably all know exactly what it is going to be then. Luke chapter 15, famously known for three stories, and I'm focusing just on one of them, uh, verses 11 through to verse 24. Jesus continued, this is the third of the uh, three stories, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses... When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and let's kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. From the story of the prodigal son, let's... Uh, try to imagine we're all in one of three places. We're either in a pigsty, or in a palace, or somewhere between those two places. The pigsty, a place of darkness, rejection, emptiness, despair, disease, captivity even. The palace, where you're loved, celebrated, feasting, treated like royalty, and free. The road in between it could be anywhere on that road. Maybe it's in a state of rebellion. Maybe it's in a state of repenting. Or maybe you're just rambling around. Where are you? If we imagine those three places to be somewhere where we might be today. The pigsty, the palace, or the road between. I know where I'd like to be. Do you know where you'd like to be? I'm sure we all do. As we consider the story of the prodigal son, let us not lose the focus of the truth of the story. 
It is about God's love. It is about the truth that God is very quick to welcome people who acknowledge their need of him. Not reading the whole of the chapter, we missed the first couple of verses, and I'll just read them. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. It's a lovely word, muttered. It's only used twice in the Gospels. And on both occasions, it's used against Jesus. They were together muttering about Jesus. I was speaking to my New Testament scholar friend earlier, and, uh, and she said to me, if you're taking the Greek word for mutter, you're, gonna, you're probably going to want to say, they were banging on. <laughs> it's an onomatopoeic word. Bang, 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 bang. Mutter, 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 mutter. Or uh, a definition I looked at was like buzzing bees, endlessly going on. Mutter, 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 mutter. What were they muttering about? That this man welcomes sinners. Folk, I'm going to say it now in a very loud voice. Thank God that Jesus welcomes sinners. Amen? Aren't we pleased that Jesus welcomes sinners? Hey, the world has a field day on sinners today. But Jesus welcomes them. He loves them. He stretches out his arms to them. And I'm one of them. And I thank God that he does. So where are you? In the pigsty? In the palace? Or in the road between? The road between there, there could be any number of places where we might be. And I'm just going to just very briefly speak about three Maybe you're in a state of rebellion. Maybe you're in that place where actually you don't want to, uh, what's the word? You don't want to conform. You don't want to be like the others. Maybe it could be the others at church. Maybe it could be family. Maybe it could be neighbors. You just don't want to be like them. So you're in a state of rebellion. And maybe it's rebellion against Father God himself. If you're on the road of rebellion, maybe today is a take stock moment for you. And you need to stop and just think about what's the rebellion about? Why am I acting like this? Why am I behaving in this way? Maybe you're in a state of repenting. Maybe you have realized that there was rebellion and you are, you're turning back. You're, you're looking forward to being back with him. And you see a long journey ahead of you, a journey of guilt and shame. I want to tell you a wonderful truth. I just love the story of the prodigal son. When the son saw and the, his father was a long way off, what did the father do? The father immediately came running. Folk, all we need to do is to turn open the door just a teeny-weeny little fraction from our rebellion, and the light of Christ pours in. And if we look up, if we look along the road, there's Father charging down the road at us with his arms wide stretched. My daughter, my son. If we're in that place of having turned, we'll then receive the forgiveness and the, and the love and the mercy and grace of God. It's here for you today. 
Or maybe you're rambling. Maybe you're just on that road of, oh, I don't know. I'm just fed up. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing very well. Things are, are getting on top of me. I just don't feel right. I feel out of sorts. And maybe you're feeling a bit lost. Maybe you're in pain. Maybe there's been some wounding. And your faith has taken a knock and you're unsure about actually where you are or whose you are or what's going on. Just stop for a moment and look at who's walking alongside you. Who's rambling with you? His name is Jesus. And he doesn't walk by, does he? He stops for the one. Look at who your rambling companion is. And maybe there's an opportunity today, maybe there's an opportunity this morning for you to have a conversation with him. Take that opportunity. Tell him about where you're at. He, he knows. And he wants to hear it from you so that you can share together and, and you can hear those wonderful words. Well, come follow me. But maybe you're at either one of the ends of the road. Maybe you're in the pigsty. Veronica and I saw a pigsty the other day. It's, what is it about just watching pigs eating, eat what, what it looks like eating earth? <laughs> I mean, their snouts had changed color because they were so deeply buried in the earth. They were completely different to the rest of the color of the pig. And their snouts were deep, and, and, uh, and it, it, it looks almost like they just come up to breathe. It's just, it's an extraordinary thing to watch. <laughs> it's just an amazing thing, but you can just, they're oblivious to everything that's going on. Folk, listen very carefully. If you're in the pigsty, you don't need to stay there. If the enemy says that you deserve to be there, it's a lie. Don't listen to him. And if the voice you're hearing is your own saying you deserve to be there, don't listen to yourself. We're so hard on ourselves sometimes. Maybe you need to hear the words of Jesus who calls to you. That's what coming to his senses means. It was a faith moment, a divine persuasion moment. He suddenly realized I can hear the call. And it's yours to respond to. Or maybe, maybe you're in that, in that group of people. Very carefully talking about the last group of people. Because I can imagine people jumping up and popping their champagne and popping their party poppers. I was hoping to have a whole bunch of party poppers here. And just to set off a bunch of party poppers. Maybe you'll... Maybe you're in the palace and you just know it. Maybe you know that you're his and he is yours and you know you're loved and you know your identity and you're walking confidently and you're walking tall. Isn't that a lovely place to be? It is, isn't it? 
the, and isn't it extraordinary that when you're walking tall and, and celebrated because Father has said you were dead, but now you're alive, you were lost, but now you're found. Isn't it funny that the very people around you are grumbling like the elder brother? What's that about? Don't listen to them. Listen to Father. Listen to Father wanting to celebrate you and put a royal robe on you and put a, a, a ring, the power of attorney on you and give you a new pair of sandals. Folk, the place of the palaces is a privileged place, isn't it? But it's also a place of responsibility. And so I urge you, I urge, I urge anyone who knows that they are a child of God, and I thank God that I do, who knows they're a child of God and they're confident in his love for them, we have, we have a part to play, and it's an important part. And the palace is growing. The kingdom of God is growing. And if you have the opportunity today to snatch one back, snatch one back. And it may be with a prayer, it may be physically. With the privilege comes responsibility. And let's use our God-given right to be sons and daughters of God. To get everybody into the palace. Wouldn't you want everybody? Well, maybe not everybody. Sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> to get everybody into the palace. The truth is, he wants everybody there. It doesn't matter what I think. He wants you there, and he wants you there now.